Hello and welcome to the live streamer backstage podcast. I'm Alec Johnson and this is a weekly show in which I interview fellow live streamers to understand how they're using live streaming as a tool in their business and to discover the tech, the gear and the software that they use to produce great live shows. My guest today is Katie Forks, Director of Marketing at Ecamm Network. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that I am an Ecamm super fan. And that's because I would not be doing what I'm doing without it, both literally in this podcast right now, but also in a general sense professionally. The software has been such an enabler for me, helping me in so many ways in so many areas of business. Now, anyone who uses Ecamm Live will tell you that one of its best features is the community uh, that has built around it. It is such a welcoming, inclusive and supportive place for us all to grow together. But this has not happened by accident, though. Now, I'm very lucky to be a moderator in that group and I get a sneak peek behind the scenes. And so I can tell you just what a driving force Katie is in fostering this community spirit. She is so caring about all of the community members and is always looking for new ways to help Ecamm users reach their goals and use video marketing and live streaming as a tool to grow their business. This is being clearly evident in all of the events that they put on, such as the recent Leap Into Podcasting, a free virtual conference to help folks start their podcast. This wasn't just a one-off though. Katie and the team are always coming up with new, fun, but crucially highly educational events to serve the community in this way. Then of course, there is all of the other live streams and video content they put on uh, for the Ecamm Network in uh, the Ecamm Network YouTube channel. Again, providing community members the information they need to thrive. It really is impossible to spend any amount of time in the Ecamm community and not appreciate just how special it really is. I'm sure there are many other companies out there who are watching on with a great deal of envy, wishing they had the same level of engagement around their product and trying to figure out Ecamm's secret magic source. I'm not convinced it will be ever replicated, to be honest, but let's try to at least figure out some of the ingredients in the conversation today. It's my pleasure to welcome one of the nicest people in the live streaming community, if not the world, uh, Katie Forks. Hey, Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to be here. I just, I love getting to be on the other side of the <laughs> Yeah, it's always always weird when you're uh, streaming and then you're on uh, somebody else's show. It's a different different vibe to it. I know. Yeah. I'm like, wait, I don't need to touch my computer at all. I can't just stare at the dealing camera. With all the buttons. It's great. <laughs> Good. Perfect. I'm, I am in your in your capable hands. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I talk about Ecamm so much on my YouTube channel, in the podcast. It's always a, a feature of the conversation with everybody that, that I have on here. So I doubt that there's people listening that haven't heard of Ecamm, but perhaps you can uh, tell us a little bit about sort of your journey into Ecamm and, uh, and sort of how, how, you, uh, how you came to be working for them and your sort of background before that as well. Sure. Uh, so hi, everyone. Um, I, am, I am a marketing professional that started off wanting to work in the world of publishing. I, I come into marketing through a writing background and I am and I say this on almost every stream that I do, I am the person who would have traded just about anything to avoid being on camera or on <laughs> video in, in any way or on audio. I, you know, I loved being able to really spend the time to dive deep, do a ton of research and, and be able to correct myself before I ever released anything. So recovering perfectionist over here, I think I'm in a safe space to say that. <laughs> um, so it was really just a, a hilariously ironic turn of events that I am now a marketing director for a live streaming and video production software. And I'm thoroughly loving what I do on a regular basis. I, I never would have thought that I would have ended up here. But um, but the, the journey getting here was um, 
sort of interesting, I guess, as I'm sure most people's careers are. I, um, I started initially in copywriting. I got from copywriting into copywriting for, uh, websites. And, you know, the more that I, um, expressed a, a passion and an interest and a capability in the world of technology, the more work was thrown at me in that space. <laughs> and, and during that time, uh, social media was becoming a huge part of what businesses were using in order to be able to get their copy and their content and their marketing out to customers and potential customers. So I sort of moved from copywriting into the social media marketing space. Um, I did end up in publishing and worked in publishing for a while, both on the editorial side, which is where I had initially thought I wanted to be, and then on the marketing side of things. Um, and then I, I ended up at Ecamm purely by accident. I My husband, who many will laugh and say is less so social than me, is actually in many ways much more extroverted than me. And when we first moved here to Amesbury, he um, signed up for a adult coding class at what was um, the beginning of Code and Circuit, which is oh, cool. uh, Ken's nonprofit coding school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was the it was the one and only adult class that that Ken had ever done there. And so they became fast friends, and we became friends with Ken and his family uh, pretty quickly when we first moved out this way. So. Uh, you know, I'd always known that he had had this company called Ecamm. I had no idea what it did. I kind of continued on in my world of in world of marketing until eventually Ken was like, "Hey, you know, we uh, we've really grown this product, and you know, we're really passionate about it, and we've never done any kind of marketing. You know, we're a team of three. We never really thought that we needed marketing, but we're starting to feel like maybe you know, uh, having some advice on what we could do in the marketing space might might make sense. You know, would you come and talk with us? Would you get to know, you know, Glenn and I and what we're trying to do here with Ecamm? And I was like, sure, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. So I put together a marketing plan for them and I started consulting um, and doing some like smaller projects with them. Uh, and it kind of morphed from there. It, it was, uh, again, like really coincidental and kind of serendipitous that uh, at that time I had... Um, I'd been working at a really large company and they did a ton of layoffs. And so I was sort of in a, a place where I wasn't sure what my next step was. And I I sent a message over and I was like, hey, I'm really enjoying doing contract work for you. Would you ever consider bringing me on full time? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do oh, that. Cool. So it it moved really kind of quickly from being something that was just like, I'll help, I'll help these two out to this is really fun. And I, you know, I think that there's huge potential. I had always, always dreamed of and wanted to work at a company where I could really make my mark. So I, mm. I felt like it was, you know, th- they literally had done no marketing whatsoever. <laughs> so anything was sort of sink or swim on me. Not to say that they hadn't built, you know, an incredible product. And uh, there was already a community starting to grow around it well before I, I jumped on board. But it really gave me the opportunity to get to play and test and try things that, um, that at larger companies that I had been at just, you know, really would have been difficult to see how much mm-hmm. of an impact I had had at this job. You can immediately see the impact that you make because every single thing that you're doing is highly visible. And because it hadn't been done before, it was, you know, sink or swim. It was, it was on me to see what would happen with marketing. Well, if, I mean, it's, uh, it's certainly been a trajectory just in the time that I've been a member of the community, seeing how, how much it's, it's grown from that point of view. So was there actually a Facebook-like community around it then as well? Or was- there, there was. So I can't take credit for starting a Facebook group. There was, there, both the beta group and the Ecamm community existed. Mm-hmm. I want to say that there was maybe 
40 or so people in the beta group and probably about a hundred or so in the community. And Ken and Glenn, to their credit, for being people who said that they did no marketing at all and they knew nothing about marketing, they were spending a lot of time in that group. They were listening to their customers that, you know, as they, as they continue to do, they just are so passionate about what they do that they were doing marketing. (laughs) You know, they were, they were spending time really, you know, working very closely and carefully with their customers to understand what the potential was, you know, where the pain points were, what they could do to, to make improvements and, and to simplify people's lives. So, so yeah, I, you know, I was able to, to have that level of starting point. The community did exist. So I, in today, you said some wonderful things before I jumped on, but I, this has been a community process really from start to finish. And I can't say that, that where we are now is, um, is solely, you know, solely due to my efforts. It, it's been really collaborative um, to get us to where we are now. Uh, well, uh, one of the things you mentioned there was about them, you know, not doing marketing, but them being caring in the community. That is something that does shine mm-hmm. through like every level, really, that sort of level of, I mean, just yesterday, there was the uh, the monthly Q&A with Ken and Glenn. So there's that level of accessibility. Yeah. And people often ask, you know, what's the size of the development team behind Ecamp? Like to me, uh, you know, <laughs> expecting expecting that there's going to be some like team of, you know, <laughs> massive office full of engineers that they're working away. And it, it oh. is just Ken and Glenn. It's quite phenomenal. Um, but that level of care yeah. that, you know, from you and from them and from, from everybody, it's just so, so clearly evident. I mean, I talk about this sort of secret source that Ecamp's got from, a you know, <laughs> I have never seen a piece of software with such a uh, engaged community around it and such a supportive community as well. I had Doc on the show the other day and was asking him about, you know, his thoughts on, you know, what's creating this. And it is, it, it does come out of this fact that everyone is so caring for one another. And also I think as so sort of open and vulnerable to a sort of exposing, you yeah. know, what their, their weaknesses as well. And people can help them with those. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just really quite, uh, quite phenomenal, but I certainly see all of the, the time, the care and attention that you put into, mm. to growing this, you know, sort of behind the, behind the scenes. <laughs> and that there mm-hmm. is, there is a lot of work that goes on to actually make this. It's not just a case of, <laughs> you know, set it up and, you know, it will, uh, it will grow like that because of the software. Yeah, no, there's a no, huge amount not. that goes on um, behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fun time in our, in our super secret Slack channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from, from a, a live streaming point, so when you came in then, if having no experience of, of live video and that is what was the sort of progression from you personally, like coming in to, you know, where now you're hosting the live streams, you're hosting the podcasts and, you know, all of the the other stuff that you're doing online. What was your sort of personal journey of live streaming then in in that sense? Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. I, if, if you're sitting out there and you're thinking like, oh, I don't know if I could get into live streaming or I'm newer at live streaming and I don't feel super confident or perfect at it yet. I, I definitely walked in with zero skill set related to video um, I come from a theater background, so I did theater all the way through school, all, right. um, all the way up to university. So I'm comfortable being on a stage, and mm-hmm. I like I understand how to present, uh, you know, and, and generally how to convey information. But there is something absolutely terrifying about <laughs> staring into a camera, hoping the technology doesn't go wrong, wondering, and you know, if you're looking stupid, if you're going to say something ridiculous, if someone is going to call something out in the comments, and for me, when you know, one of the first projects that I took on at Ecamm, while I was still contracting before I had joined the team full time, was that uh, Ken and Glenn had really built. They had made this effort to go out to a couple of events, so they had been to social media marketing world for I think two years in a row, maybe three, before I started. And in typical Ken and Glenn fashion, they had 
done it big. They had gone out with a huge booth and all their equipment and they had, you know, asked questions of folks and really got to know their customer base really well. And so they had, they had made a lot of really great connections without thinking that they had. So, you know, they had met uh, Stephanie Liu and Larry Petrucci and uh, Adrian Salisbury and a lot of the people who you still see now in our Ecamm community space. Mm -hmm. And, and one thing that all of those content creators and total extroverts and like enthusiastic video people had kept telling Ken and Glenn was that, you know, you need to go live more often. Like, we'd love to do this for you. We'd love to, you know, to, to host a show, to be on a show. We, you know, we'd love to kind of get more video content into the space. And they were like, you know, we're not, we don't, that's not our thing. We don't have time to do that. So the project that I had started with was talk to these influencers and, you know, see what their ideas are and, you know, and, and consider launching a show. So the, the first project was what we ended up calling Meet the Pros, um, which has now evolved into a show that I do fairly regularly called Meet the Family, where we, <laughs> where we interview just customers. But, um, but it started as a Meet the Pros interview, which was terrifying for me. So I thought that I, I'm very... I'm definitely a bit of a perfectionist. I I don't like to look like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I need like a ton of time to be able to kind of work my way through things. Mm-hmm. And it's so public. And like, not only did I want to make a good impression to new bosses and in a new role and a new job, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to make the company look ridiculous as well. You can get on and not know what I was doing. So it was really scary, and I would say the first, the first probably four or five broadcasts that I did, I looked like a deer caught in the headlights. I, you know, certainly lower quality cameras. I did a lot with just a built-in camera because that was what I was comfortable with when I first started. Um, you'll see in that series there are a lot where Ken or Glenn are hosting because they were like, oh, "We can just do it today. That's fine." Like <laughs> they were very kind in in helping. And Midori, who runs our customer support team, also took you know took some of the shifts. Everyone wanted, I think, as a team, in addition to helping me out and and making it easier for me, I think everyone wanted to to have that experience and to really better understand what our customers were facing. Like, how scary is this? What like what are things that could happen? You know, having a good understanding of it. So yeah, so I went from nothing to kind of being thrown into it. Um, trial by fire. And I just kept pushing myself to do it. And then of course, I'm in a luxury position where I was interviewing people who are phenomenal at this. You know, they're, they're coaches, they're, they're experts. They've been doing video for years. You know, I still, I co-host a show with Doc Rock who has, you know, decades of experience in radio and television and video production and live streaming. So it made it easy for me to just be the you know, the person just asking questions. It was okay for me to look dumb because I could I could say like, oh, I don't really know how to do this. Can you, the expert that I have on camera with me, walk me through these steps or, you know, help me understand this better? And that made me more comfortable. And the more people that showed up and, and were encouraging and supportive in the comments, the more comfortable I got and the more I saw the value in that and tried to, as much as I could, also be that person in the comments for some of our customers, for some of our experts, because it makes a huge, huge difference when you see someone say like, oh, I'm so excited to see you today. Or like, I really got value out of what you said last time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I think you look great today. Uh, it's the magic of live. And it, it really does remind you, oh, it's not about me. It doesn't matter how I look or if my camera isn't the top most quality or if my lighting is off today. It matters the value that I'm bringing to people and how I'm able to help them grow their businesses, which I mean, really is, is, is my entire role in the, in my day to day. 
Well, you mentioned a couple of things there. First of all, that's my little secret trick about this podcast is I get on people who've got awesome live streaming sets. And so it's a, the, the, the audio uh, yes. and video is always, uh, is, I always know it's going to be good. It's not like interviewing anyone yeah. else. So, um, yeah. But also you mentioned about the, your background in, in performing. And I think that in mm-hmm. the Ecamm community, one of the things I love is that everyone's got their own sort of unique background that they're bringing that adds something to the, uh, you know, what yep. they're doing on on camera. But there is also another thing there that you mentioned about, you know, it's this, this worry that the tech is going to let you down. And it's like, I've done public yeah. speaking before, but when you do things like that on a stage, you're just sort of turning up, you're standing on a stage and talking. Whereas when you're doing it as live streaming, you've also got to then be the lighting guy, the camera guy, the sound guy, the mm-hmm. uh, switching scenes and all that kind of stuff. So there is a whole, it's yeah. almost like uh, uh, multitasking to the limit, really, where you're doing all of these other things. And uh, that's the, yeah. the little bit that I think people have to uh, to get over. But it's it's interesting to see that, you know, the skills that you've you've bought and that do sort of translate over once once we've uh, once we figured out the tech and what to press <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was also in a space too where which is probably different than many people in that the you know if you're doing a let's say a, a craft show on a regular basis mm-hmm. you know you could set up your camera and your lights and whatever and and the crafting audience that's watching you isn't probably going to care as much as the video enthusiasts and live yes, streamers yeah, yeah. that are watching me, right? So like all the questions that are coming through and and still today I have to deal with on a regular basis is always, you know, no matter what my topic is, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm so happy to be here today to listen to you talk about podcasting, Katie. What lights are you using? <laughs> what camera are you using? And, you know, the, I can only know so much because in the end, my, you know, we hired Doc in many ways to help answer some of those questions. My, my skill set is in, you know, marketing, content marketing, community building. It's not it, like if I spent all of my time really understanding every single camera mm-hmm. out there, every single light out there, I'm, I'm not going to be able to help people in the way that I want to be able to. So I sometimes have to let that go where I'm like, okay, you know what? Like if I don't remember what camera I'm using or I, like, I look around and, you know, someone else has set some of this stuff up. I, I, I'm less bothered by that today than I probably used to be. So if, yeah, I think sometimes we can let the tech completely get in the way of just the, the reason why you're creating the content or, you know, your yeah. passion and trying to get it out there. Yeah. That's, that's the reason why you have the, the Ecamm kit list. <laughs> just drop the link into that. And, yeah, go, go and check it out. It's all listed over here. <laughs> uh, Doc built all of this. I don't know. <laughs> happy to answer questions about podcasting. Yeah. I just want to take a moment to talk about Ecamm Live. This is the live production Mac software that we're using to live stream and record this podcast. In my opinion, it is the best live streaming and recording software on the market today. So what exactly does it do? Well, essentially, it allows you to control the content that you're including in your video, be it a live stream or a recorded video. And you do this by building out different scenes that contain the content that you want to show. This content may be a feed from your camera or indeed multiple cameras, or you may be sharing a screen, which is what I do a lot of in my tutorial style videos that I make for my Take One Tech YouTube channel. You can share the screen from a second computer or maybe even a gaming console if you are a live streaming gamer. And just as we are doing in this podcast, you can also bring in guests using Ecamm Live's built-in interview mode where guests can 
join from a browser and you can then incorporate their video and audio into your production. Finally, you can add all kinds of additional graphical and animated overlay elements and even movies to really add a level of branded professionalism that would be hard to achieve in any other way. The real magic happens though when you hit that record or go live button because then you are able to seamlessly switch back and forth between all of the scenes that you've created and indeed this is how all of the videos have been created for my Take One Tech YouTube channel and the reason it's called Take One Tech by the way is because all of the videos are made in one take with no edits. I just hit record, make the video and as soon as I hit the end recording button the file is there and ready to be uploaded straight to YouTube. What I love about Ecamm is not just the ease of use that it has when compared to other live streaming software but also the greater flexibility it gives in terms of layouts and designs that you can create for your shows when compared to some of the hardware streaming solutions. And one thing that makes Ecamm great specifically for podcasts is the fact that it has the ability to record isolated audio tracks. So once we finish recording this podcast, I'll have a separate audio file for me, my guests and any other audio tracks that have been a part of the recording. That makes the editing and repurposing of the content for the podcast so much more streamlined. It does have another little trick up its sleeve though, and that is its virtual camera feature. This allows you to take the video output from Ecamm live straight into communication apps like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Discord, and so on. This means that rather than just appearing in Zoom meetings with a regular camera feed, you can now show up with all of the amazing production values that Ecamm Live gives you and deliver that straight into your Zoom meeting. And trust me, when you rock up to a Zoom meeting with Ecamm, <laughs> the other participants will be truly amazed. So whether for live streaming, recorded video content, or to level up your Zoom game, I highly recommend you give Ecamm Live a go. You can get a free trial by going to takeonetech.io slash Ecamm. That's E C A M. Takeonetech.io slash Ecamm. And of course, you can find a link to that in the show notes as well. You will certainly not regret giving it a go. Now let's get back to the show. Coming back to then to the sort of marketing side of it. And I just want to understand a little bit more about like your whole concept when it comes to all of the stuff that you do do in the Ecamm community, because there's a lot of a lot of companies will use events as a way to, you know, just pr to promote their own product. Um, and if we think about leap into podcasting, um, I don't really know that Ecamm was particularly mentioned much. It did come across more so as being it is an event for the actual community itself. It never came across as, oh, this is an event just to promote yeah, Ecamm. Yeah. It is, everything yeah. comes across that way, though, as it is just genuinely there to to help the community. I'd love to get your sort of insight and thought process behind, you know, that, that sort of aspect of, of it and the, the things that you do for Ecamm, for the community. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of that comes from, a, a again, kind of goes back to a, a copywriting social media SEO background. So I'm a, I'm a big believer that if you can put content out in front of people intentionally, that is helping them, that's solving a pain point, or making them look or sound or feel great, they'll research the information about your business. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you if you have solved something for them and you have made you know something easier for them, you you are top. As Stephanie is always saying, our, our friend Stephanie Lou, you are top of mind and tip of tongue. Right, mm -hmm. you're the person that that they trust. You have gone above and beyond to do something for them. So I that has always been my marketing strategy at every job that I've been at. It's certainly what um, what we do at Ecam. I, if I can make people feel confident on camera and look great and sound great and have people saying, how are you doing that? Then I, I've, you know, we've built up an entire, you know, what now is called the Ecamm fam of people who feel awesome, so awesome that they want to let absolutely everyone know how they're doing it. And if they started off by feeling awesome on 
OBS or StreamYard or, you know, any other software, great, you know, but they know who we are. And when they eventually feel like they want to get a Mac or they want to take the next step or they spend so much time surrounded by all of our customers who are like, you know, I'm doing this with the weekend, I'm doing so, you know, they'll make a decision to come over or they won't, but they'll know how kind and giving and supportive our community is and that will convert someone else. So I, I would I would rather follow um, Doc Rock's philosophy of helping millions of people than selling at millions of people. In the in the end, I think it's going to be more beneficial for us financially than anything else we could do. Well, it's, it certainly does show in just the growth. I mean, you mentioned about when you came in, there was a, what, 100 or so members of the Facebook group and then recently passed 20,000, was it? So it's, uh, it's, certainly, yeah. it's certainly grown in in size from from that point of view <laughs> and i mentioned as well with yeah. that i don't know if it was with doc or maybe keith pelzer was talking about this and i think one of the things that makes the the sort of the bond so strong in the ecom community is this fact that it's such a huge enabler this software that it's yeah. it's it's not just about live streaming i mean it's it can transform your your zoom calls it's for live video mm-hmm. all the videos on my channel are just in one take and i would not have made any where near as many videos on my YouTube channel as it were it not for uh, the software and I think there's this this yeah. realization and joy that comes out of realizing how simple it is to do all of this stuff that's yeah. what actually helps to bring this you know everyone closer together as well that we're all just kind of in uh, in awe of what the software allows us to create in, if you see what I mean yeah it's, it's a real sort well, of enabler yeah it definitely is an enabler and the the cool thing about it and again I like I wish I could take credit for our life, but part of it is, is just the magic of the software because it's so visual, right? Like mm-hmm. it, you are, you are creating video that you're either live streaming or putting out there in some way. Other people are seeing it. Mm-hmm. If you do it well, you know, people are going to wonder, especially in a zoom, a zoom call is a great example of that. If you show up in a zoom call with a better quality camera, better audio, your logo on the bot, even like simple things that you yep. can do. People inevitably are like, what? Like it, it stands out. It would be as if you walked into a room wearing a complete suit and everyone else was in t-shirts and, and exactly jeans, it. right? It would, yeah, you would stand out. And so I think that makes it, um, that makes it easier for us to really have this strategy of, you know, community first, affiliates first, referral first, because our creators are out there and they're creating. So if we double down and support them in what they're doing and we continue to, you know, teach them how to be their best and give them all the resources that they need and make it as easy and effective and awesome as possible, their videos get better. The better their videos get, the more people that are watching their videos, the the more people are asking how they're doing it. So, I mean, it, it's somewhat selfish, but it, you know, I think it, I think it works really well in this particular business because of how visual it is. Mm -hmm. And I think the community works really well because it is really scary. And so I I will say, and I experienced this when I first started, I think almost everyone, maybe not doc, (laughs) but I think almost everyone when they first start off, you know, opens up the software and is like, now what? (laughs) Like, I I don't know, like what, you know, I've, I've opened it up. I've maybe I've like gotten as far as dragging in some graphics and kind of played around with it. But the, that pushing record for the first time or that Mm -hmm. going live for the first time, you're like, I don't want to test publicly, like out where people can see, you know, there's, so there's this, this concept of, you know, in all of our marketing, you know, as you're deciding whether or not you want to sign up or give Ecamm a try, we have this space where it's like, totally fine for you to pop up and live stream in there and say like, Hey, I'm new to this and I'm just trying and what, and you'll be able to get a response, but 
there's no one in there that's going to be like, oh, you know, I roll. This person is coming in to like to practice because everyone has been there. Everyone has had that yep. feeling where you're like, where do I practice? How do I practice? Like, I want to see what it's like to be live, but I don't want to be live in front of my people. Yes. Because yeah. what if I, what if I screw up or what if I look dumb or what, you know, all of the different, and maybe that's not everyone. Maybe I'm, I'm. Um, exaggerating. I think that's a very common. Speed, but, that's a very common. But I think feeling it's a though, common thing. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so that, that's certainly how it started in in thinking through like what is what is really the benefit of this Facebook group. You know, the benefit of this Facebook group is that it is everyone is trying to find a safe space to be able to ask their questions and practice and you know and figure out the recommendations and see what other people are creating so that they can get ideas for their for their own business. So let's double down on that and make it as safe and friendly and encouraging a space as possible. And the more we got some piece, you know, the more we were able to kind of win over some people to get them to stop hiding and show more of what was going on in their studio, the more we were like, oh, great, you're showing what's in your studio. Do you want to take over the community for the week? Oh, great. You're doing it. Like, <laughs> here's a t-shirt. Here's a, the more that you celebrated that and made people excited about that, mm-hmm the more they wanted to give because then they felt awesome. You know, they were, someone was noticing what they were doing. You know, other people were jumping on and giving advice. So you sort of have to find the, the people who are like just sharing enough that they're kind of dipping their toe in and make them feel really awesome about dipping their toe in because they're likely to want to share a little bit more. And it's those people that are going to bring everyone up and, you know, and you were certainly one of those people, doc, all of our moderators, you know, um, India does a really fantastic job yep. of that. You know, certainly any of the, you know, any of the bigger content creators, Adrian certainly is another one. So it, there, there are people who wanted to share and we just really celebrated that. And then the more they shared, the more questions we saw coming through and we're like, oh, turns out people have a lot of questions about microphones. Like yep. let's find some microphone experts and make them feel really special and answer everyone's questions by making them feel special and yep. getting everyone's questions answered. And then we'll all be better at microphones. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of just spending a lot of time there, which sometimes feels like I'm, I'm just sitting on Facebook, not working, <laughs> but, but, I, but I try, I try to read as many of the posts as I can and, and really hear like what, what are the trends? What are people really struggling with? Or what are people really excited about? You know, or what are, what is, what is the community talking about? And it's those things that get built into challenges and, um, workshops and, mm-hmm. and additional things that, um, yeah, well, maybe they're not as much about Ecamm, but they're a way to showcase a cool partner or a cool tool that makes the partner feel really special and, you know, and then benefits us because then they tell their whole, you know, customer base about how, how nice and awesome Ecamm is. Like there's, uh, it still comes back to us and it still, you know, helps people create video better, which is what we're trying to do. So. Yeah, it's all the all the ways that people would naturally be using Ecamm. So like you had the, the whole Zoom workshop, the uh, the week that you did on Prezi and various other different things yeah. like that, that are all these yeah. sort of companion services and companion apps that work so well. I also love that yeah. there's been this uh, sort of, not migration, but this addition of the uh, the Discord uh, community as well, because yeah. Discord's such yeah. a, a a great place to have a, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would say a, a more re- a searchable resource. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, being able to have like threaded conversations and stuff like that, it really yeah. allows people to dive into just the, the specific areas that they're interested in. So that's been a really great addition to to see recently as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm learning a lot. I certainly have, I've never been a discord person, I guess, or like I've known other, but I've never really used it a lot. (laughs) So 
I learn new things every day or often as so I apologize if you're on our discord and you've like sent me notes. I feel like I open it up and then I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't, I didn't answer this message. Like, so I'm getting better at it. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> still definitely, le- definitely learning with discord. <laughs> I always had this vision of it being a thing for gamers. That was just all I, yeah. I had in my head. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, it was only when uh, Keely turned me onto it and said, you really should yeah. just take a little look. And she kept saying that quietly in my ear for sort of three months <laughs> and then eventually yeah. didn't thought like, oh, this is why we need to be here. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but you're right. It is much easier easier to search. And that, that has been a huge pain point in the Facebook group is that, you know, no matter, no matter how hard we try, there are only so many spaces for us to be able to put content. So as Mm -hmm. new people are joining the group, you know, they're like, well, when do you do shows or where are the training videos or, you know, how do I reach support or all these questions come up over and over again. And, you know, we've tried a number of ways to, you know, we've pinned videos or we've like added to the resources section or done all these different things, but Facebook is constantly moving all of that around. So Discord certainly is a nice space where it feels as though we have a lot more control and you're right. It feels way easier to be able to share content and share information simple features that just really go a long way to make the whole thing easier for everyone. The trick is going to be trying to like migrate people over from Facebook or, or, you know, in our mind, we're like, fine, that's fine. People can be where they want to be, but it is definitely easier on Discord. So Uh I always feel with Facebook in in any group or even just in your general feed, you're sort of turning up and saying, right, what's, what does Facebook think that I want to see today? (laughs) Whereas on Discord, you know, it's all categorized and I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm all for hierarchical fire stru- file structures Same, and things like that. So, like, oh, this is speaking yeah. my language. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. So, in terms of uh, we talked about, you know, people using you know ecam and live streaming in their business from a marketing yeah. point of view. How, how what's your sort of thoughts on that? You know, advice that you you'd give people to the way to approach live video or video mm-hmm. in general as a as a marketing tool. Yeah, it uh, it's. It's been a big focus for us this year, really kind of thinking that through, particularly for content marketers. I don't mean to keep coming back to them, but I feel like people who are in that space where they're thinking about like multiple forms of content. So they're really thinking about like the Texas on their website, their social, their social channels and their social plans, their, you know, their blog articles, their PDFs, all these different places. We've really been trying to get people to think about that differently and think about how, rather than saying like, okay, well, I'm already doing all of this stuff and it's taking me all of this time and I'm having to, you know, I have all these different team members who are building out all these different things according to the, you know, all of our content topics and our huge content calendar for the year, you know, and so video then becomes one of those things where they're like, yeah, I would love to do that. Everyone keeps telling me to do video. Everyone keeps telling me to do live video. I don't have the resources for that. I don't have the time for that. I can't learn anything new. I have all this other content I need to create. If you can change your perspective and your workflow and you're thinking about that and you can start with live video or even recorded video, you can build a ton of those content pieces from video. And then video then is not something that you're have to pay extra for or spend more time or hire additional team members for it's it's central to your content marketing plan and you can use it across multiple platforms because all of them are begging you for it you know every platform is saying you know we need to go video first or you know we need to have vertical video we need to have these shorter video clips don't don't even bother sharing images anymore so i think trying to get people to think about that a little bit differently has been a big focus for us but then it comes down to, you know, the, the next question, once you kind of convince them of the value of it is like, what do I talk about? <laughs> what's, my, what's my content that, that I have to share or that I'm wanting to share? And depending on what your business is, there's, there's always something that you can share, but it is in that authentic 
a slightly raw personal space where I think if you, you know, can get a little bit vulnerable with your business, you can really find, you know, your space there. So for us, it was, let's put Ken and Glenn monthly in front of the camera. They don't really want to be on the camera monthly. That's not something that they really want to do. But every time that they do it, they immediately hear their customers' questions. Mm-hmm. They're using the app. So they're able to see immediately like, you know, weird glitches and things that may be going wrong in the beta that they're using. You know, I, I think, you know, regardless of what your business is, getting on and answering people's questions or, you know, doing a tour behind the scenes of your office space or thinking through a product lunch, launch or for a lot of people, it, it's really thinking through a podcast because that concept makes sense to them. They, they understand that it's more personalized and conversational. So maybe it's like, you know, you have your, you know, your team and you do a, a podcast where you're interviewing others in your field, like similar to what you're doing, right? So there, I think there's a lot of opportunity, but I think it's, it's getting people to think about their workflow differently. And then once you've got them there, then it's like, what kind of content do you want to create? And how, how can you think about that content more than just a video so that you're, you're starting with video, but you're really setting yourself up for success for a really efficient workflow. So you're not spending a ton of time thinking through all these different pieces of content you're creating. It makes sense because it's all starting in the same spot. It has the same topic and you can build it out off of that or build it from that initial piece. Mm-hmm. And with tools like Descript, where you can just drop a video in and get a full transcript, yeah. then uh, yeah, starting yeah. with the, the the live video first, and then taking all of the the copy out of that is uh, yeah is an awesome little bit of software. You mentioned there about oh, Ken yeah. and Glenn doing the uh, the monthly Q and A and this whole idea of being vulnerable. It does give you. Um, I know that as a as a a user, then seeing those monthly Q and As. You do then feel that you've got this uh, this connection, and if there's you know anything yeah. that you want as a, as a new feature or something like that, you've got the understanding that there's these these two guys there who are uh, doing what they're doing, doing their best, and they're sharing yeah. all of the challenges that they're facing, you know, in the ongoing development, new features that they want to add in, and yeah, you you do have that sort of connection there that just you would not have if if it was just ecam as a uh, you know a logo and a, a product, yep. it's, a faceless, yeah, yeah. exactly. And you feel, I mean, you're the really amazing thing about live video that makes it both terrifying and awesome is that it does have that level of vulnerability. You are, you are putting yourself out there, your personality, your, you know, things that may go wrong, all of your feelings and insecurities and the things that you're proud of are out there and people can immediately give you feedback, which can be scary if you have people that, you know, come at you and say, you know, things that might make you feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or put you off, but it can be awesome because you're going to get that direct feedback. So you could get on for your first live show and say, Hey, I'm Katie. I'm a marketing professional at Ecamm. Like, gosh, we really want to be doing video, but we're not exactly sure, you know, what, what would be most valuable to you? Mm -hmm. What do you want to hear from us (laughs) and see what kinds of, you know, and you'll get that immediate feedback. People will tell you it, it has now become much more of an expectation that uh, that consumers want to have some kind of relationship with the products and services and the people that they are buying from. They want to know who you are. They want to know, you know, where you're working from. You know, what sorts of things are exciting you? Where your challenges are? What does your space look like? Who's your team? Mm-hmm. All of it. And the more that you're willing to be vulnerable and give them at least some of that the more they feel connected to your company and the more, you know, they're there to, to support you and cheer you on. 
yeah, they might be frustrated with you time to time when you do things that maybe they don't agree with, but you'll have that direct path. You'll be able to deal with that directly. It's not like it'll be something that you won't be able to solve. So I, yeah, I think it, I think trying to think through what that content is, it can be hard, but it, you know, really getting to know who your target market is or who your existing customer base is, Mm -hmm. is the hardest part. And then once you do, you know, just keep asking them, just keep spending time with them and getting to know them better. And you, you'll get to a point where the content part of it will be a lot easier. We're, we're so used to as marketers kind of hiding behind our campaigns and our calendars and uh-huh. our ads and all of it. And I think putting ourselves out there a little bit more is a great way to network and learn and hear what your customers want from you. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned there about, you know, some people hiding behind campaigns and things like that. That's, I think there's something similar there with the difference between live video and recorded video content. So people may be making yeah. recorded content, but if it is, um, you know, heavily edited or you're not going to know basically as the, as the viewer, how edited it has been. Uh, and there's something about seeing somebody on a live stream that you know that uh, they, they're not really, they can't really hide behind too much. You know, if something yeah. goes wrong on yeah. the live stream, you're going to see how they react to it. And it, it is a very sort of telling us to, you know, you get, to, I think you get to have a much deeper understanding of somebody's character just to be able to see them, you know, how they are on, on live. Like coming back to Ken and Glenn, like when somebody asks a question and then they stop to think about it, you see how they are actually reacting in real time to that. So it gives, yeah. it's such a deeper connection. People want to spend time with other people. So, I mean, this is why podcasting, for example, is so popular and live mm-hmm. streaming just kind of sits right there next to it is that there's something really intimate about, you know, spending the time and putting, putting, you know, someone's putting someone into your ears and, and sitting there and listening to them. And you, you're familiar with their voice, you know, what they look like, you know, if, if you're able to be consistent and get out in front of them, that is much, much more valuable than, you know, than an ad that you're going to run, even if it's brilliantly produced and it, you know, and it evokes a ton of feeling and, you know, motivates people to, to do something, they might take action on that once, but the people who are there week after week after week and who know you intimately and feel like they're friends with you and feel like, you know, they, they know you really, people, people feel like they know Ken and Glenn, even Mm -hmm. people who have never met them because they've spent an hour a month just laughing and being silly and answering questions. And you really get to know their personality you know, down the road, like that's going to be easier to, to defend, uh, you know, continuing to subscribe if times get tight and, you know, and they're having to cut back on things or, you know, or recommending it to someone else. Mm-hmm. They, they have a deeper connection with us as a business than, uh, you know, another business that's not doing that. That's just running ads. You know, they might be familiar with that company, but they don't know the people and they don't know, you know, where the company is at or what features they're working on or any, they, you know, it's a different, I guess it's just a different relationship. Mm-hmm. And talking there about sort of connecting with uh, the community, how about the sort of ev- events side of things? I know you're flying off tomorrow to go to uh, speak at uh, <laughs> an event and there's been so many yeah. events just in the past few months, actual physical in-person events. But then obviously we've had the uh, Leap event just recently. And then mm-hmm. I know that you're sponsoring a number of other uh, virtual events as well. How do you, yeah. uh, how do you approach that from the, the sort of you know, the big conferences, the virtual events, and what's your sort of approach to, to those? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, this year we took on going to a lot of events, probably more than we should have if we're being, if we're friends and being honest here with each <laughs> other. Um, but I mean, really the goal with it was 
to try to get out in front of some audiences who don't know who we are. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if we were to have gone to the, you know, vid summit or VidCon or, you know, some of these video marketing worlds or, you know, I mean, I guess technically we were, we were physically at social media marketing world, although we didn't exhibit this year, but going to some of those events where it's like only all of our customers is super fun for us. But, you know, but then we're missing an opportunity to get in front of people who genuinely need our software, you know, who are struggling with how they look and they're, you know, they're trying to grow their business. They're trying to do these, you know, these webinars. Someone's told them they should do live streaming or start a podcast or, you know, create course content and videos and they just don't know how to get started. So for us, we tried to choose and curate events where, you know, we would be somewhat unexpected being there, you know, people would be like, who are you? What is there? Like, what is this? Right. And, you know, and come at it from a way that is, you know, very us. So, you know, we went with, you know, generally a, a fairly big, big booth design with like a giant screen and, you know, behind us so that people could see what the experience is like to be on camera. And, you know, folks that were walking by, we were like, come, come in, like come into our studio space, sit here, see what you can look like on camera, see the difference, see how, mm-hmm amazing you can look here and then let us show you how easy it is so it you know i think it was um it was great from a branding perspective we met you know a ton of people it was also fun because you know inevitably as we're in different cities we're also still doing smaller meetups or hanging out with other customers that are in that area so it was a, a little bit selfishly fun and getting to spend time with everyone but it was just a good opportunity to to be in front of some different markets that we haven't been with before and to understand some of those audiences a little bit better the thing you mentioned there about having people come and just try it out. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I have calls with people that are something unrelated to Ecamm and then it'll be on Zoom and they say, how, how are you doing what you're doing? And it's, <laughs> all you need to say to me is, have you got five minutes? And then go into like live yeah. demo mode and just show them like how easy it is to sort of yeah. drag and drop things and do this. And inevitably there's that like moment where their the mind's just blown by <laughs> like, oh, this is yeah. actually really, really simple. So getting out there to actually show people in person at, at a booth is, I can see how that has a, has a sort of big impact. Yeah. Well, it's really, I mean, the software is really visual. It's, it's not like tangible. It's not something that you you can easily understand if you don't see it. And that, you know, a lot of people who aren't in the YouTube or content creation space, they, you know, they live in a world of of Zoom and Google Meets and Mm -hmm. Microsoft Teams and all those places. So for them, they're just like, what is this like a is this like a Zoom thing? Like, yeah. like what is this <laughs> yeah. that you're doing? How do I enable this feature? So, in you know, Zoom? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, I, you know, they can, not that they feel overwhelmed by it, but it, it feels like one other thing that they need to invest in. You know, a lot of these businesses have huge, you know, suites of software that they're using on a regular basis. So to kind of, to get in front of them and just show them how easy it can be and to give them the opportunity to actually get their hands on some of the tech. Mm-hmm. You know, that That's also like, it's one thing to invest in the software and then you get it, but it it's then immediately you're like, okay, well, what, you know, what kind of camera do I need to have? What kind of lights? So having kind of a mini studio space really also lets people test out like what their space could be like and get to ask questions about the, the actual gear as well as the software itself. Mm-hmm. There's another couple of things you mentioned there. That, so one of them was about... Um, Earlier, you were talking about how how visually you can look on Ecamm. It is possible to look the same with other software because I tried mm. other software before, but there's something 
quite special about the ease with which you can do it in Ecamm. Yeah. I, I know that I've pulled out my last few remaining hairs using other pieces of software. <laughs> and, uh, well I was, done. Yeah, and it was only when I came over to, uh, to Ecamm that I was like, oh, I, I, I always liken it a little bit to um, when I was, I used to use a PC and then I moved over to mm. a Mac sort of 16, 18 years ago, whatever it was now. Uh, and there was yeah. that moment of thinking like, oh, I've been, I've been struggling all this time on a PC. <laughs> uh, and there was this whole other way that I could have done it. And that's... That's what like Ecamm's been like with the this whole sort of thing of live streaming and video production was just that there is this sort of easier way of doing it. But the other thing you mentioned there was about like the gear that people used to do it. And I was talking with uh, Elicio, so I had Elicio way on a while ago, and Love he was Elicio. talking about yeah. there was uh, one company that was doing a live streaming uh, live stream production for uh, a client of his, and then they couldn't yeah. make it, so he stepped in to sort of help out to do it. Awesome. Um, yeah. And whilst they were turning up with like a van full of gear, <laughs> you know, to do, put on this live stream, he just turned up with you know a, a bag with a few cameras in it and his uh, his computer and the yeah. the fact that it is so easy to do with very you know l- limited uh, equipment you mm. don't need to invest a huge amount in the equipment is just yeah. another thing that is quite uh, quite revolutionary when you discover it <laughs> i know and it's so hard to convince people of that i i feel like i don't know what it is about people that sign up for ecam but i'm like you don't need a lot like honestly when i first started w- working at the company and live streaming i was using my built-in yeah. microphone my built like headphones like very very simple stuff we had other gear but i was working my way up to understanding it and trying to figure out all of it and my videos still looked good. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, but it's, you know, immediately, and part of that probably is our community. So maybe that's like the evil flip side of our community <laughs> is that, you know, people are, people see what's possible and they're like, oh, they're like, wait, well, I don't just want to create a, a video. I want to create like, what, it, what is Alec doing? I want to create that exact video, uh-huh. you know, those exact settings, those, you know, that lighting. And, and so it's, it is, kind of the downside of everything being so visual is that immediately, you know, it becomes, Doc now calls it gear acquisition syndrome or gas, where you're like, I need that. I need that. (laughs) What is that? I need that. Yeah. It can be crippling though. It can be, you know, like you can certainly get all of the gear and then still default back down to what's easier or not make anything because you're like, well, I got to get it positioned correctly and I need to learn how to use it before I can start it 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 can be a bit of a crutch in that way i think that's the thing just like it's fine to have gas (laughs) and aspire to these other things and have them on your your wish list as long as it doesn't actually stop you from uh you know getting out there and and doing it in the first place and ecamm does make it really easy to sort of tweak whatever you've got in any case so if you are using the built-in camera then we can adjust the camera settings and all that kind of stuff to uh, to make it look better with yeah, all of that yep. stuff. Perhaps this is a good point then to segue into uh, gear, since we're talking about yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I always like it. to uh, have a look at uh, studio spaces. So I've got a couple of uh, pictures that you've got. So if you're listening on the the audio, then uh, I've left a link to the YouTube video of the replay of this in the uh, description. So if you want to come and check out the uh, uh, the setup, but perhaps you can just sort of talk us through what you're you're using at the moment. Um, and bear in mind that all yeah. of this is listed in the description and I've also linked to the Ecamm <laughs> gear list as well. So if there's anything missed off, don't worry. <laughs> it's all there in that list. <laughs> oh gosh, full disclosure. Yeah. I am one of those lucky people that has a team that helps me coordinate this. And I was saying to Alex to Alec before I jumped on that my team also moves everything around and changes everything <laughs> on me. So I may misspeak, it, misspeak in what we actually have in the studio space. But we, um, so I am on a um, MacBook Pro M1, one of the newer MacBook Pros. And I, I mean, I'm a laptop person. So for me, that, that makes sense. I'm always on the move. Um, and then I have, uh, I have an Anchor 
hub. Hang on. Let's see here. Uh, a Thunderbolt dock, a Thunderbolt 3 dock that is connecting all of the different devices I have. See, I'm not overly techie, but dock would say <laughs> otherwise. Um, I am looking into a Sony A6400 camera, and it's got a Sigma 60 millimeter lens on it. Um, I have a Rodecaster Pro 1. I haven't updated to the 2 yet. <laughs> and that is uh, powering my microphone, which is a Shure MV7. It's connected right now by XLR cable, but you can connect it with a USB cable if you want to be a little bit simpler. It's one of my favorite things about this microphone is that I, once I'm done this, plan to throw it in my bag and bring it with me to the UK, but I'm just going to plug in with USB because that'll be much easier while I'm on the road than lugging my uh, Rodecaster Pro with me. And the sound will still be pretty awesome. So I'm not too concerned about it. It's such an awesome feature. I mean, that's the, I bought yeah. this microphone initially because I wanted that sort of dual Roll so I could use it over USB to begin with, but then have it sort of future proofed <laughs> to, to be able yeah, to use it with I, XLR. Exactly. All right, here I got to remember what NAND lights I have. So I have NAND lights. I just installed the app. <laughs> so oh, cool, now cool. I can. Let me see. Let me see if I can. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there. I see one goes down and then one goes on. <laughs> so I can control my light. So this one here that I was just turning on and off is a Forza 60B NAND light. Mm -hmm. And this one over here is the FS150, according to the app. Also a NAND light. They're both gigantic. They're probably way bigger than I actually need. But we at Ecamm, we have a bit of a like go big or go home kind <laughs> of mentality towards this. So part of it is just like it looks cool. So why not? Right. And same thing with we, uh, you know, as you can see in this photo, we have some, um, some NAND lights that are sitting on the floor. Actually, I have one slightly elevated behind me now, but they, um, you can control the color on them. So right now they're blue, often they're blue, but you can make them purple or orange or red for Halloween. <laughs> so crazy colors or do a bunch of cool settings. And then I just have a, like a simple bookcase that I think I even got on Amazon that I collect knickknacks and fun things by. <laughs> I like that in this uh, this shot that we got here, we've just got the uh, the uh, <laughs> the soft box of the nun light just sort of creeping in. Yeah, it looks like it's about to uh, eclipse the studio. It's quite quite large. It's huge. <laughs> it is the size of the sun. It's way bigger than it needs to be. But uh, yeah, and actually in that in that shot, so see, this is a great example of it. Like my, this studio space is always changing around, whether it's my fault or someone else's. So the the square light that was in the last shot is actually a, a Dazny light, and that's off to the side. I have a Nan light that is bigger that has replaced it. Although, you know, we have the extra one if we wanted to set up an additional spot. But yeah, and then in this picture here, I I often use, that's like actually my old um iPhone, I think that's a six. <laughs> it's uh -huh. an older iPhone. Um, and I I have that just sitting here around in the office with like a fairly cheap little tripod that I can just use with camo. And that lets me, if I wanted to like show something, I actually don't even have it in front of me now, but I could show something, you know, behind me or if, you know, the other day Ken and Glenn were sitting on the couch while I was <laughs> doing an interview. So I pointed it at them while we were having some tech issues so that we could watch them work while we were waiting for a guest to jump back on. Um, so yeah, it gives me a little bit of flexibility if, you know, if I wanted to be able to demonstrate something or show something, it's just an additional fun camera to use. I have a six lying around for just that. Purpose. There you go. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the camera's actually pretty good on it. I can't complain. Yeah. With the, and I use one for my top down shot as well. It's a good way to yeah. recycle old cameras is, uh, just exactly. get camo on it. And, uh, and camo now is do doing a uh, Wi-Fi. They just had an update recently. So yeah. that's, uh, that's yeah. pretty cool as well. One less uh, wire yeah. to have <laughs> in the studio. Let's see what else I have. I have a big red button. I have a giant 
red oh. button that I can press to, <laughs> to make fun sounds. That's totally for fun. There's no benefit to it. And then I have a, I have a stream deck. This office only has the, it's not the biggest one, but I like my stream deck. Our other office has the larger stream deck and then the loop deck, mm-hmm. um, which you know, you know about. I actually, I don't, I don't know if I have ever used a, a loop deck in a stream. I've like played around with it, but um, I'm, I tend to be, I have all this stuff and I almost never like, I use the stream deck here and there, but probably not as often as I could or should. Right. And everything else generally is like, if no one moves, it is is set where it needs to be so I can just walk in quickly and go. Because I'm almost entirely always running late or like in a conversation and I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta, I gotta get going. So uh-huh. having it where I can just duck in and sit down makes it easy. I've got to say the stream deck, that was one thing that was a t- another like revelation to me. When I, when I started my YouTube channel, it was going to be about um, the tools that I use in business. So Take One Tech was about software and things like that that I use on yeah. my computer. I wasn't actually intending like 80% of my videos to either be Ecamm or Stream Deck, but they were just the tools <laughs> that you I... Or end Stream Deck. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they were, they were, they'd just been such a revelation, but Stream Deck as well has been one of those ones that I obviously got it as a way to switch scenes in Ecamm and for live streaming. Yeah. But it's just become like my primary productivity tool. You know, it's, it's so, yeah. so good for like outside of um, just, um, just, just live streaming. A bit like really Ecamm was something for recording videos and then that's led into... Yep you know, all the Zoom stuff and the, uh, all, all that kind of thing as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I've, I'm, I'm, it's I'm, on my list. I have, I have like notes both from your stuff and then, you know, um, India's and a bunch of other, I, I have like all these detailed notes of what I would like to do with the Stream Deck and I just haven't sat down and actually work worked my way it. through it. <laughs> yeah. It is like embarrassingly basic right now. I think right now it just has like previous scene, next scene, pause, record, like there's, it's right, got right. next to nothing on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. one other thing that i always uh, ask is uh, is for a book recommendation and uh, i know that you'd mentioned um uh pat flynn's Superfans book so perhaps you could talk yeah. a little bit about that and uh what you got out of it and and how that how that relates to to live streaming oh my goodness i mean pat i feel like lately he's been he's been like my go-to <laughs> reference for when these kinds of questions pop up but i just really i like Superfans because it's written very conversationally and and Pat is so just authentically himself, even though he is like a huge, huge player. I mean, he, you know, he's got not one, but two huge YouTube channels and just, a, you know, an amazing membership and community himself. And he's just a really big advocate in, in really spending the time to foster and grow those relationships and to really develop super fans. So it's not something that happens overnight. It's, you know, it's time that you spend with them. He's really intentional about what he does. So the book is, is just an interesting read, even if you do not plan to build a community or you're not in the world of marketing. Um, and just about the power of, you know, I think, I feel like, especially in the video space, we're always like, you know, I want to get to a million subscribers. I want to get to a million views. You know, I want to make all this money with everything I'm doing. And, and Pat, who is like, you know, has millions of views, you know, he's a really big believer in like a hundred, you know, get Mm -hmm. to, get to a hundred people who think you're awesome. And like, you love spending time with you and you love spending time with them and they are your super fans. That's way more valuable than millions of followers who couldn't tell you, Mm -hmm. you know, anything about you or your business or what you're doing. So spend the time and foster those relationships because, you know, those 10, 20, 50, a hundred people, those are the people that are going to make the impact and the difference and, and spending that time is never wasted. And so it, yeah, it was just a really fantastic book. It, 
helped a lot as we were thinking through what we want to do with the ECAM community. Pat is certainly someone we are constantly you know, chatting with and working with and and seeking advice from. So it, it's a great read. And it's a super easy read, too. I think it took me maybe a day. It was like, fl- flew through that one. So It's a great message, though, that is. I mean, the whole thing about, um, you know, people chasing numbers and, you know, subscriber yeah. numbers and things like that. And um, yeah, I know certainly from, you know, what I've just done with Take One Tech that the uh, the <laughs> the YouTube ad revenue is uh, still only sort of trickling in, but uh, what yeah. it's been able to generate through you know meaningful relationships through live streaming mm-hmm. and and all the, the content has been you know sort of far outweighed that. So uh, I think people yeah. yeah when they first get into it they are they do have these visions of you know these hundreds of thousands yeah. and millions of uh, subscriber numbers that, uh, yeah. that are not you know not not realistic at any in for most normal people certainly not in any short time frame and. I'm not sure quite how long Pat's been going at it, but uh, for sure it wasn't an overnight thing. It's taken a lot of sort no. of hard work and, <laughs> and effort on his part. Yeah, he's got, it, it still blows my mind. So <laughs> sneak info on Pat if you don't know him. He So he has an entire business um, called Smart Passive Income that is just a wonderful community to spend time in and YouTube channel to watch. But during the pandemic, he started doing live streaming every single day. He did live mm-hmm. streaming every day for a year, it, jumped in and, and started using Ecamm and we started kind of watching what he was doing. And like all, like many of us, certainly many of us that are parents, he was home, he has kids. And so he started doing um, Pokemon, started, he loves, like he's a collector and he loves, so he started this whole Pokemon channel with his kids and that channel now has like skyrocketed. Like right. it's, it's nearing the same amount of, you know, enthusiastic fans and views and and subscriber counts as his like very successful like, like full-time you know great business that he's that he has built so you know again just like really doubling down on what you're passionate about really understanding like who your audience is and what they want and spending time with them like he was able to translate that not just in like a, you know, his actual day-to-day business, but even in just something that started as a way to spend time with his kids and do something fun that he really enjoyed. So I think, you know, we can all surprise ourselves by getting to know people and spending time networking and hearing people's stories and pain points and Mm -hmm. thinking through how we can help. That seems like a great bit of advice to, uh, uh, to wrap it up on because we're close to the top of the hour and I want to be conscious of uh, of your time since you've <laughs> you've got some packing to do ready for your trip <laughs> I have some packing to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've left uh, I've left links to all the places you can connect with Katie in the show notes in the description as well and I just want to say thanks again for all that you do in the community and thanks obviously for coming on today but uh, yeah it's just been such uh, such an enabler for me and a big part of that has been the supportive community that I know you've played a huge part in uh, in building. I know there, there are one or two other people involved in it, but you've got to take some uh, credit. Allow me to give you the credit for all that you do. All right. Uh, to actually, <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> to help us all out. <laughs> well, it's it's by far the my favorite, my favorite feature as we joke. And, uh, you know, one of the, uh, one of the, I mean, the main key reasons why I feel as confident as I do coming on camera and, you know, hosting some of these shows and, being in front of people, our community members and the community who show up every single time and, you know, cheer me on and, you know, always have a smile or an encouraging thing to say. And they find me no matter where I am, which is so (laughs) like, I, I am humbled and 
slightly flabbergasted that people <laughs> are able to do that. And it's something that seeing it, I hope that I can pay it forward and do the same for others because it it has made a huge difference in my life professionally as well as personally. So um, it's a great space. So whether you're an ECAM person or not, come hang out and just get to know us a little bit better because it it is really a fun space to just um, be safe and have fun in. Do you know what? I need to just mention that, actually highlight that, that there are people in the ECAM community that are not ECAM users as well. So there are people mm-hmm. that come and do that. And, you know, the people that have been there for a while, you know, looking and learning and watching. And then, you know, at some point they'll drop a message and say, oh, finally, you know, signed up to Ecamm. And it's like, oh, great. <laughs> so it's definitely... It's a- usually, it's usually like, I finally bought myself a Mac. Like it, it's usually, we have like a few friends, yeah, who are like PC people and they're like, well, I'm PC person. And I'm like, that's fine. You can hang out with us. And they're yeah. like, you'll, you'll right, come around eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eventually someone will buy you a Mac and you'll <laughs> get around to it. Yeah. So yeah, no, everyone, everyone welcome. We are not, uh, we are an inclusive community. Everyone is welcome <laughs> in our space. Well, thanks once again, Katie. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you and uh yeah thanks again for for coming on and for all that you do of course thank you so much this has been fun cheers we'll have a little uh, chat afterwards let me just finally say uh thank you to uh, everyone for uh, tuning in and watching um if you have been listening on the uh, the podcast then you may want to go and check out the video of this uh, this recording uh, you can find that over on the youtube channel take one tech and i'll leave a link to that in the description as well uh, if you'd like to connect with me you can uh, check out the show notes and go to the website take one tech uh, obviously i've already mentioned you can find all of katie's links all the places that you can connect there and i always mention ecam in every episode anyway so you already know where to uh, find uh, that Uh, see you next time with another great guest and another great conversation Uh, thanks so much for tuning in and listening i'll see you next time